today, though, uh, you're probably like, Pastor Curtis, you don't even have your Bible with you. What you, you did you memorize it all today? No, actually, I'm going to pass it off because uh, one of the things that uh, you maybe know about me, maybe you don't, uh, my wife is the glue that holds my life together, okay? So, like, so I don't know. Men, is there any men out there that would be willing to say that your wife is the glue that holds? Okay, that's good. If you didn't, if you're married and you didn't raise your hand, you should have. You missed the opportunity. You really missed it. That's when you lean over. Listen, there's no special moment made in church when you get to lean over to your wife and be like, baby, you, you hold it all together. You know what I mean? And she just gets all warm and tangly inside. But, but listen, listen, uh, my wife is incredible. She is many things, but one of the other things that she, uh, she is passionate about the Word of God. And I am super excited for you to get to hear from her today. So I wonder if you would, would you uh, do me a favor? Would you give a warm welcome to my wife coming up who's going to share today? I hold them together, ask how he fared. Him and Elijah are on their college world tour, is what we're calling it. And it started Friday. He said it's been touch and go. He got home, I think, 9 30, 10 o'clock last night. And he was like, I miss you, babe. And I'm like, and you leave in five more hours. Bye. <laughs> no, I will miss you. I'll miss you too, Elijah, in the back. You're my favorite son, as always. You know, you're my favorite daughter. So if you have more than one kid, they're your favorite. They're just your favorite of something. And Chanel's shaking her head no. She has no favorites, but you know, it's okay. All right. I'm super excited. Curtis touched on a couple different things. Um, I know moms, I'm looking at you. Who's excited? It is school. Like I'm there. I got lucky, blessed. Haley started, this will be week three for her. So I already got one out the door. One is one more to go. I am super excited. But it is really my favorite time of year. Fall. The, I know I've seen you guys. I've, I follow. I stalk on Facebook. I love fall. But y'all pumpkin people need to get together. It's just too much. There's just too much pumpkin flavors. That is not why I love fall. All right. But I love fall because it's back to school. But back to school for me equals schedule. It equals routine. Summer in our household is like chaos. There's not really any other way to describe it. I think for the first time ever, all four of us were was in our house this week for dinner at least twice. Like, and we we're like, we're sitting down at a table. Like, all of us are here. What's this like? Um, we forgot what each other looked like, right? It's chaos. But fall means schedules. It means organization. If you see, I brought two. So I have a little OCD, guys, all right? But I'm proud of it, okay? I have, who has paper calendars still? Like, where's my paper people at? It's not all about phones, guys. So I have two. Yes, I have two for this year, okay? I have two. I have four calendars on my phone, okay? I like to stay organized, and I'll even share a little bit of my OCD. This is why I like September, because if I open up my September calendar, I have the school calendars, because I'm ready for them to get out of the house and know where they are. And then here's September already. It's all color-coordinated and pretty. Like, it gets me so much joy on Sunday nights and Monday mornings to open up my calendars, to open up my phone, to get my color pins, and just get organized. So if you have OCD like me, September is amazing because I'm all planned out already, and I still have three days in, like, August, I think three or four, and I am psyched. So listen, that's why I love fall. I have a small obsession, guys. Okay, so if you ever want to get me something, color pens, calendars, Pastor Curtis turned me down when I said, can I put a calendar on the church office wall? And he shot me down. So if you want to buy me a calendar to put on the church office wall, if it's a gift, he can't say no. I'm just going to throw that out there, okay? 
So that's the plan, guys. You didn't know I was going to do that today. All right. But one of the reasons why I love it, one of the reasons why I like schedules is because it gives me confidence, right? When we wake up in the morning and I know my alarm set for this time, I've got my my workout, my, my coffee time, because we need our coffee time. I have my me time, and then it's the kids getting up. And, and I know I have my work schedule, my church schedule, whatever activities at night. But I have confidence when I wake up in the morning and I might put my feet on the ground because I know what's planned out for the day and I can tackle everything. When I don't have that stuff planned out and I wake up in the morning and I have to open up my freezer door at 5 p.m., because I don't know what I'm cooking for dinner, and I'm like, what's the quickest thing I can fall out? It messes me up, right? I don't have that confidence, so that's why I have my OCD planners, because it gives me confidence. But that's what I want to talk about with this Change the World series. I'm super excited that I kind of get to close out the Change the World series with you guys. If you have watched them, if you've been here, if you've missed any, I want to challenge you guys. Go back online. We have the podcast. We have like four different ways you can see the messages throughout the week. If you take notes, thank you. Thank you. We're trying to work on you guys on that. That's why we have the journals. That's why we make things available to take notes. And that's my challenge. You guys have to take notes today, all right, because you're going to do it. So if you have your Bible, get your Bible out. If you have your phone, get out your version. Take screenshots of the TVs, whatever you need, because we're going to highlight some passages today, because we're going to talk about having confidence, with goes along with what Pastor Curtis talked about last week, because he told you guys, what are you supposed to do? Oh, man, nobody listened last week. This is like DC Kids sometimes. All right, one more time. God has called us to, all right, four of you, one more time. God has called us to, yay, third time's the charm. All right, so God has called us to go, right? We're to go out into the world. But how do we do that if we don't have confidence? How do we do that if we're not sure? So I want you to turn to John, and we're going to go straight. We're going to start right in chapter one. All right. And it's a long passage. We're going to do John. We're going to start in verse 35, and we're going to go all the way through 47. But I'm going to stop in the midst, and I'm going to have you highlight certain parts. And this is going to be the whole focus of today's message, okay? So it starts in verse 35. It says, The next day again, John was standing with two of disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold the Lamb of God. I want you to highlight Jesus as he walked by. Verse 37, the two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, what are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, come, and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the 10th hour. Verse 39, I want you to highlight, come, and you will see, all the way to they stayed with him that day. So highlight that portion of verse 39. Verse 40 says, One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon's, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John, and you shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. So I want you to highlight verse 41. And the first part of verse 42, he brought him to Jesus. You guys see a pattern yet? All right, verse 43, the next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. I want you to highlight, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, 
We have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. I want you to highlight in verse 45, Philip found Nathanael. You guys didn't know you are going to have homework and stuff today, did you? Verse 46, Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. I want you to highlight all of verse 46. Come and see. That was said quite a few times in there, right? So I want to talk about in this very first passage, what's Jesus doing? What's some of his very first disciples doing? This is just the beginning. Jesus is just walking around. He's still just kind of getting his own grasp on, on what he's doing. But what don't we see Jesus doing? We don't, Jesus hasn't started some big campaign. He's not got signs out all along the highway, right? He's not correcting people that are doing wrong. He's just walking by. He's just having conversations. He's being real. He's being honest. He's just saying, come and see. Come and check this out, right? And as Christians, as followers of Christ, what did his disciples do in those passages? They did the same thing. Come and see. They pointed people to Jesus, right? And Jesus started by simply saying, come and see. Did he get in fights with people because their beliefs were different? He didn't start disagreements because of beliefs. He didn't have back and forths on, well, you can't come and see because you're a Republican, or you can't come and do that because you're a Democrat. He didn't have any of those conversations. Just come and see. Can you do that? Can we do that? Right? Verse 46, I'm going to read that again. It says, Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip's answer said, come and see. All right, who's born and raised in Sussex County? I feel like there's not many of us. All right, there's a chunk of us in here. Good. I feel like sometimes I'm like in a sea of big fish. I'm the only one. Um, <laughs> I was born and raised in Sussex County. And if you have, I bet somewhere along the line of you growing up here and, and going through high school and trying to figure out college, somewhere somebody said, you're from Sussex County. You're not going to amount to much. What, what, can, what good can come out of Sussex County? Sussex County? You've been here. You're raised here. Podunk Sussex County is what I call myself, and I love it. But I was also told growing up, if you don't move out, you're stuck. You'll never amount to anything. You'll never be anything because we're just Sussex County. Well, that's what Nathaniel was saying about Jesus. Can anything good come from Nazareth? If you don't know... I did some research. When Jesus was born, guess how many people Nazareth had? 2,000. Guess how many people were in Plantation Lakes? Like 10,000. That gives you the concept right there. All right? So Nazareth had a, had a number of 2,000 people. And guess what also they said about Nazareth? Nothing good ever comes from there. Once you're there, if you're born there, you're going to die there if you never leave. You know, if... You grew up in Nazareth, you took on the trade of your parents, and that's what you did. That was the life you led. So Nathaniel says, what good can come from there? Philip, you know what he could have done? He could have got puffy. And he said, excuse me? Do you know what comes out of Nazareth? Do you know who that person is? He could have got up in his face. He could have got nasty. He could have got defensive. He could have got mean. What did Philip say? Come and see. Do you do that? Do you get offensive when someone starts to 
fight you or even argue you or just say something you don't like because it's not what you believe. Philip just said, come and see. Come and see who this Jesus is. He was confident. That's why he could say it. Because he knew that all Nathaniel had to do was see Jesus. That it wasn't anything Philip had. wasn't any special words. Philip wasn't special. But he knew that if Nathaniel came and saw Jesus, he would be different. And he was confident in that. And how often do we let our own feelings get in the way of pointing someone to Jesus? How often... I was talking to Miss Debbie in the back. She's in the toddler room today. How often do we let our tongue get in the midst of our conversations the wrong way? We're quick to be judgmental. We're quick to be defensive. We're quick to be rude, right? And what's that caused us? That's caused us to stop pointing to Jesus, people to Jesus. It's actually turned people away from Jesus, right? And here's the thing we got to remember. If you're in this room, if you're online, and you call yourself a Christian, and you say you love God, and you follow after him, I think we get caught up sometimes in, in our own selves, for one. I know we do, because I do. But this is what you need to know. It's not your job to save people. It's your job to say, come and see, right? Because John 3, or John 3, 16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believed in him should not perish. It doesn't say, for God so loved the world that he gave Frank Honus so that whoever believes in him. Right, Frank? Frank knows. I called Frank because I know Frank. Right? It doesn't say that. But I think sometimes we think that. We get cocky. We get, we get puffed up because we live the good life. We live the right life. And, and other people don't. No. It's not your job. And, and someone needs to hear that. It is not your job to save people. That is Jesus' job. It is your job to say, come and see. So with that, though, what do you believe about Jesus? Is it real to you? And if what you believe in Jesus is real, what he's done for you is real, then why aren't we letting everyone know? When someone asks you, man, when was the last time you picked up a drink? Hey, come on, let's go get drinks. Or why you don't smoke. Whatever that might be that you don't do anymore. What's your answer? Do you get quiet? Do you get timid? Or can you say, come and see? Right? And the second point for the day is we're supposed to bring people to Jesus when we have confidence. When, when we're supposed to go, we also have to bring them to Jesus. So what's your daily, daily actions and words look like? Are they examples of Jesus too? Do they point in his direction? Because if they do, he's going to take care of the rest. Right? Listen, Pastor Curtis just talked about all the small groups we have and our serve day and all the opportunities we have. Do you invite people to church? Do you invite them to small groups? Can you let them see Jesus even move through that? In John 1, the disciples brought friends, people they didn't know to see Jesus because they knew once they saw who Jesus was, once they saw him talk, the rest would be taken care of, that they would believe. Do you feel that same way? I hope you guys do. Like, that's the main reason we're here today. I got news for you. We're not here today for me. We're not here today for Curtis, for the worship team. We're here for those who are hurting and lost, for those who don't know Jesus. So there is an open door in this community for them to find love. Do you believe that? 
I think I'm stepping on toes. You guys are like done. I knew this was going to be a serious one, but man, all right, I don't mind. All right, 2 Corinthians 4. It says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, and whom the God of the world hath blinded the minds of them which not believe, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is in the image of God, should shine, un- shine unto them. Are you a witness for Jesus? Do we witness? And listen, I know it's gotten hard. It's gotten hard these past few years to, to be a witness with social media, with just everything going on in society. There's this blatant disregard for just people in general. And I'm not talking about the person to your next door. I'm not talking to the person next to you. I'm talking about you because we get that way too. We get blatantly ignorant with people. We get rude. We get offensive when they don't believe in what we believe in. And we post it on social media thinking they'll still think we love Jesus and wonder why they won't come to church. Oh, no. Think about that. You tell me I'm doing wrong. I ain't going to listen to you and go to your church. No. That's for somebody else. So you might need to delete whatever you were going to post today. Okay? I'm just going to say that. All right? So listen. (laughs) He's never going to have me speak again, guys. Don't worry. This will be it. (laughs) I know, though, it can still be hard to be a witness, right? Because not only do we get ignorant and we get offensive, and I am there with you. I had to apologize on Friday for someone because the words that came out of my mouth were not Jesus. And I was like, man. And I was like, look, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have acted that way. You got underneath my skin, and I shouldn't have let it happen, right? We have to apologize. And if you don't like confrontation, I'm not a confrontational person. You can ask my husband. You can ask Chanel. I don't like confrontation. I don't like to have a conversation if I know there's going to be any chance of someone being upset or offensive. That's just like I go back into my shell really quickly, right? And it makes it hard when that happens to talk about Jesus if we think that might happen, right? But we have to be a witness. But here's my challenge, and this is what... This is what God's been speaking to me the past couple weeks. What if we really started looking at people differently, right? What if instead of thinking of them right away and judging, right, because we shouldn't judge, but we do, right, let's be honest, you automatically assume something as soon as you see somebody. And we shouldn't, but that's our human nature. But what if instead of thinking of them as mean, as arrogant, as evil, What if we looked at them as if they were blind, as if they can't really see, which is what they truly are? And I was going to do something, and I'm afraid I'm going to fall off the stage if I do. So, Curtis, will you come up here and help me? (laughs) All right. Again, I showed you a little bit into my OCD life with my planners. I'm not right in the head. I admit it. That is why I'm saved, and Jesus is my Savior, because he helps me be a better person. Who wears face mask at night? Anybody? Okay, there's a couple of us. I, so I'm cheap. I got this from Chanel because I don't have face masks. I throw a T-shirt over my head at night, all right? I keep it simple. But will you put this on for me? So here's the thing. When I throw that T-shirt over my head, Curtis knows that's it. I'm done for the night. I don't want, we ain't talking. I'm not watching TV anymore. I can't see any light. That's the purpose. Like, I, it's got to be completely dark at night. It's dark. You can't see. I'm not going to move you. I promise. I'll leave you right there. I was afraid I was going to fall off the stage if I tried to keep talking with that on. Here's the thing, though. This can be on, and if it just gets a little askewed, my son 
goes for like four midnight snacks every night, all right? And he is stealthy, and he tries to be uber quiet. The moment that fridge door opens up, boom, my whole life is flooded with a light, right? And I know it, and I pop out of bed, and I'm like, Elijah, stop eating all the food in the house, <laughs> right? Because I'm flooded by it. But what if this is how we treated people? What if we looked at them, if we know they don't love Jesus, and they're blind? They can't see anything. If he, yeah, you're facing me, just so you know. <laughs> if I'm facing him, and I call myself a Christian, and I follow after God, and instead of me looking at him and seeing, I don't know, a Democrat, a Republican, if I see someone who goes to the bars or doesn't, isn't good to his family, or I just see somebody I don't understand. Maybe I don't even like the way he dresses. It's, it's not how I am. <laughs> I didn't dress him this morning. So, you know, you're okay. It's good, babe. But if I'm a Christian, and even if I don't understand him, and instead of me being a wall for him to kind of walk through, because he can't get through me, right? If I'm a Christian, but I'm fighting him the whole way, what's he got? A wall. He's going to fall and he's going to stumble. But instead, what if I'm the light, and all I have to do is just open the door to the fridge, and what's going to happen? You're going to be, look, I'll pick you up. You can see now. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. It's bright. Are you good? You can go down now. I won't make you fall. But how often are we a wall in someone's life? How often are we the reason they stumble. They don't ask for help. Elijah just has to open up the fridge door, and my life is, bl is, is blinded by the light at night. Can you just do that? Can we just open a door? I'm not asking you to preach. I'm not asking you to come up on stage. I'm asking you to be the light for those that are blind. And maybe you're like, no, I can't do that. I can't talk to people. You don't have to talk. Acts 2.17 says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. All, not some, not a few. That's all of you. On all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even all my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. So it's not even you. It's Jesus when you let him. It's Jesus when you let him in you and to change you first and then to be the witness to those. Do we live out a testimony for Jesus? Can we point to Jesus? That's the first step. Can you just simply point people to Jesus? Can you bring them to Jesus? Who do, who do we talk to about church, about small groups? And can you witness so are you a wall or are you a light for people? Listen, I know this isn't an easy, an easy message. I know this is hard. I love you guys, but this has been on my heart for weeks. Well, how do we live out a testimony then, right? How do we do this? How do we point? How do we witness? We can't accomplish those first things, first three things, if we don't live out our testimony. What has God done for you? How has he already changed your life? 
What stories do you have that maybe I don't know that the person next to you doesn't know? What stories does your neighbor not know about you? Because we have them. We all have stories of where God has radically changed our lives and has done something for us. What's your daily life like? For those you interact with at work, at school, in the grocery store, and when I'm with my husband, for those on the road, are we a witness? Or do we lose it and we put up that wall? Our everyday actions are testimonies of what God has done through us. How do you share that with people? Maybe you really don't know how to share that with people. Can I give you some, some pointers, some tips on, on maybe not sure what to do? Because listen, I just told you I had to apologize on Friday. Life is real. Life is hard. Life can be tough. That's why we need Jesus. That's why people who don't know him need Jesus. And it's our responsibility, like those disciples in John 1, come and see. Just come and see. So how do we do it? How do we live out our life as a testimony for Jesus? One, Pastor Kurt has already hit it. Small groups. Listen, we don't do small groups. Miss Lisa doesn't go around working on leaders and and following that up because she doesn't have anything else to do. She does that because we know as a church that small groups are imperative for what? For community. And what are we at Discover Church? If you've been coming here at all, we want people to find freedom, to know God, to discover their purpose, and to make a difference. And how do we do that? Through community. That's what we have small groups for. They are an open-door concept where you can go to someone and you can simply say, come and see. And it's not a Sunday setting where maybe they feel a little more intimidated. Come and see, right? Come to the book club. Our serve days and our serve opportunities throughout the year. You know, we just had this amazing serve day, and, and I was thinking about it, and, and maybe you were a part of it last week, and maybe you've been a part of it in the past, and, and maybe someone said to you, if you were on the cleanup crew, I was thinking about this, I know all the trash we picked up. Why'd you pick up trash? I mean, look at the road now. It's all trashy again. What was the point of that? They're just going to throw out more trash. Come and see. Because here's the thing. The relationships, not even the relationships, just the people who saw you last week. Do you want to know what they saw? They didn't see somebody in a yellow vest picking up Jesus or picking up trash. They saw Jesus right? They didn't see people with hammers and whatever other tools were needed at Habitat. They got to see Jesus. The same thing with all the serve opportunities. When you serve, people see Jesus. And how about with our giving? I know that's a hot topic right now, and I'm going to go there, though. Listen, I know the cost of everything has literally doubled in the last year, right? So why give to the church and why give to God? What's that going to show people? Well, that's when Jesus comes in, when you give out of what you don't have. Another little highlight into the, to the Jones life. We, we give on a regular basis to two children in India. And it's not, it's not uber expensive, but it's also not uber cheap. It was a sacrifice that we made at the beginning of the year that we were going to do. Me, with my OCD, I set it up on reoccurring, so I didn't have to think about it because I wouldn't pay it. Let's be real. I'd forget Um, (laughs) with my mindset. So it automatically comes out of our checking account once a month, and it goes to these two kids in India. And a few months ago, we were re-looking at our budget, and we knew we needed to make some changes just because of the economy. 
And it came into my head, well, I can let them go. I don't need to give to them. I've done it for three or four years now, and it's okay if, if, if I don't, and I can stop that. And I, I was chewing on it, and I was struggling with making that decision. But if I did it, it would let up some financial some financial freedom in our life, and it would give us a little bit more income each month that I could use for something else, for groceries or anything else. Well, then, at one point, we had a TV subscription that came up for renewal. And I was like, hmm, we really like watching TV sometimes, even though we don't get to watch it that much. But we canceled that instead. And you want to know what's happened in our life? Well, one, we've not been home to watch TV. So there you go. I didn't need that money. But we've not really missed it. If I had canceled taking care of those two kids, I bet you they would have noticed it. I bet you they would have noticed not getting their food. Our monthly donations that we give to those kids, that supplies their education each month. I bet they would have missed not going to school if I had stopped giving. Right? And here's the thing. I've not stopped giving to the kids in India. If you've seen my two kids today, they're not hungry either. So it's obvious that Jesus took care of my need when I made a sacrifice to give to him. And lastly, what do we do to be a witness to Jesus? It's our evidence of change. It's your testimony. It's the way you live and you speak your everyday life. Let that be the confidence for you to have to somebody. Come and see. I'm not the same person I used to be. Listen, I'm not the same person I was five years ago. I'm not the same person I was two years ago. God is always changing me. He's always working on me and making me better. I make mistakes. I mess up. But I can also ask for forgiveness on a daily basis. And I think sometimes that's where we mess up as Christians. We do something, and we know it's not right. We know it's wrong. But we never ask God to forgive it. We just keep on moving along, thinking that it's going to go unnoticed, that nobody will find out, that nobody will see it. But people see it. You are watched. The moment you say you love Jesus and you call yourself a Christian, people start watching you. They want to know what's changed in you. They want to know what's different, and they want to know the why. I get asked a lot by coworkers, do you ever cuss? No. There are plenty of words in the vocabulary that I don't need to use those. But more importantly, I don't because they don't edify Jesus. But they watch I don't have to say anything. They're just listening. They're waiting. And they just hear it and they know. So what do people see when they look at you? Do you worship freely at home, not just on Sundays? Do you read your Bible, not just when I beg and plead for you to bring it here on Sundays? Right? Is the person you are today showing others who Jesus is? Are you the wall or are you the light for someone that is hurting today? Um, Tracy, will you come up for me, please? We're going to pray. You guys saw all the lovely kids come in, right? You guys are my, you're my favorites. I like you guys more than the adults. I'll just be honest. Sorry, guys. You're welcome. (laughs) See, they are my favorites. But listen, this is what I want to do. Can you walk out of here today and say, come and see? What's stopping you from doing that? Are you like me? Did you mess up this week? Have you yet to ask God to forgive you? 
Sometimes we need to do that too. Will you guys stand for me, please? Everybody stand. Kids too. Kids, you can stand too. I want to pray. I want to pray first for those of you that, that aren't sure you can walk out this building and say, come and see. Maybe you're not sure if your words are right. It's not about words. It's come and see. There are two, three easy words, come and see. Maybe you get intimidated. Maybe you're not sure what your witness is. Maybe you've messed up this week and, and we just need a little bit of more Jesus like I did. If that's you, if you're not sure what people see if they look at you, that's who I want to pray for today. So if you need more Jesus, will you do me a favor? Will you just raise your hand and we're just going to pray. Lord, I just thank you for this day. And Lord, I'm sorry for the way, the words that I used on Friday that weren't of you. And I pray that you just help me each and every day to get to know you more so that I can be the light that you want me to be, Lord God. Help me love you more so that I can love others. That when I walk out these doors today, I can say, come and see with confidence, knowing that they will see Jesus and not me. And I thank you for that, Lord God. I pray that you just continue to move through each person that raised their hands, Lord God, that they can learn to be the light, that they can continue to be the light for you, that they don't let themselves get in the way, but they learn to let you be in their every moment and their every step. In your precious name, amen. All right, and I got my lovely kids up here. Listen, school is coming. We've got an amazing group of kids here, and we have a room full of teachers, of staff, and some capacity that is involved in your schools. There is no better opportunity for you to be able to go into these next two weeks and say, come and see to be examples of Jesus to a hurt and lost crowd. Would you like to come and pray for what Do you want them to come up? Yeah, if, um, if we can, I want to ask this. If you're a teacher, uh, if you're a support staff at a school, whether you're a para, you're a school bus driver, you serve lunches, you serve in some capacity, uh, and all the kids, if BJ, if you want to come up here, Emily, uh, and Haley, you can help me. Jason, you guys can help Chanel. Bring all the kids up here front, too. Because you guys at DC Kids <clears throat> this month have actually been talking about, you can stand right down here in the front. You guys have actually been talking about, like, some famous people in the Bible, right? I think you've been talking a lot about David and Solomon, right? And, and how they did some incredible things. If there's teachers in the room, please come on up here. We're, we're not just going to pray over the kids. We want to pray over you because you guys are going to have the opportunity to make a huge, huge difference. And just, if you want, you can stand kind of in the midst of the kids here. If you want, they can scoot it in front of you. But listen, if you're in this place, if you're online joining us, uh, obviously, you know, every job has its pluses and its minuses. Every job has some things that are exciting about it, and everything has a little bit of some, some anxiousness to it. But I recognize that as some of these kids, some of them actually have already started back. Some of them are getting ready to start. Some of them are lucky and have a whole nother week of summer before school starts. And some of the teachers you guys have started or are getting ready to start. Listen, I, I just want to pray over you to recognize that 
that I, we that I recognize and Amy, we recognize that teaching in today's climate is not easy. It's not easy. There's a lot of things that go into it, and that's not even that's not even taking into the fact that you still got COVID to deal with and all the other stuff and and, and just all all the crazy that comes. So we just want to pray over the students. I want to ask if the prayer team, too, if you guys can come up front here and you can just kind of help me lay hands. Amy, if you want to go down there. And uh, we're just going to pray over them. And I just want, if you're here in person, just stretch your hands this way. And, and let's pray. Let's cover. Uh, if you don't know, I, I don't know the exact number to tell you the truth. I meant to get this beforehand. I think we have probably close to like... 10, 15 schools probably represented right now in the front of this building. We've got public schools. We've got private schools. we got schools in Maryland. we got schools in Delaware. we got schools in Sussex County. I mean, we're, we're everywhere. So guess what? You know what the incredible thing about that is? That means we have the opportunity to make a big footprint in Sussex County, both in our kids and the teachers, the support staff. And uh, if you would, just pray with me over all, all the ones up front here, if you can. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just want to thank you. Lord God, we just want to take this time right now to dedicate all these young people, Father God, all these young men and young women, Lord God, who are getting ready to go out in school, to start new school years, Father God. Lord, that you're going to protect them, that you're going to watch over them. Lord God, that you are going to allow them to blossom this year in, in their grade, Father God, that you're going to help them understand all the different aspects, Father God, of what's going to be happening, Lord, in, in school. Lord God, we're going to pray, Father God, that you're going to let each and one of these young people, Father God, that they're going to be a light to their school. For all the middle school and high school students that are represented in the room, Father God, that they're going to be lights to their, to their schools, Father God. And Lord, today, we want to thank you so much, Lord God, for giving Discover Church such an incredible amount of teachers and staff members at schools. Father God, and Lord, we just pray over teachers today that you're going to give them peace and not anxiety as they enter into the classrooms, Father God, as they're preparing, Lord God. And for the staff members and support staff, Lord, some of which have been working throughout the, the summer, Lord God, that you're going to continue to strengthen them. They, they didn't necessarily maybe get the summer break that some others did. And Lord God, as they get ready to go into this school year, Father God, they're going to realize that they are put there on purpose for a purpose. That, Lord, that just because they might not be in a school and they might not get to shout Jesus every morning, but that through their actions, through their, uh, the way that they, they talk to and lift up and encourage their students, through the way that they uh, love on people as they see them in the school buildings, Father God, through every pickup station and drop-off, Father God, that every, every opportunity, every moment, every touch point, Father God, is an opportunity for us to be your light. Father, we just want to thank you. We proclaim, Lord God, that we are turning over this next school year to you, Father God. And we're proclaiming, Lord God, that you're going to have your way in Sussex County, in Wicomico County, in Worcester County, on the eastern shore here, Father God, that you're going to make a difference. And for the schools in our area, Father God, that they have no idea, Father, that there are people not just at Discover Church, but in churches all across our area, Father God, that love them, that care about them, and that want to see the best come for their life, that we thank you. We give you the praise, we give you the honor, and we give you the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. Amen. Listen, if you're here, if you're up front here, I want you to recognize that, guess what? You are not alone. If you're a teacher, support staff member, look, you are not alone. There's a lot of us, all right? There's a lot of you. And I want you to recognize that if there's something that your schools need, if there's something that your classroom needs, you heard it from me, okay? You let, let us know. 
Because when we say that we are for Delaware, that we're for Sussex County, that we're for the people that live here, we, we literally mean it. So if I've been trying to tell teachers, like, look, listen, tell me, what do you need? Like, what, what, in what ways can Discover Church come and be a part of your community? And we would love the opportunity to do that. I pray that all of you have an incredible, incredible school year. And be sure, please, make sure you let us know of the incredible stories and testimonies that are going to come out of the next couple months here. Give them, give them a hand clap up here. Thank you guys so much. Listen, here's what we're going to do because the kids are up here. Uh, we are going to actually go ahead and dismiss for the day. The worship team is going to play. The prayer team is here. So if you want to take the opportunity to just be prayed over, then guess what? Don't go nowhere. Hang out. We guess what? Frank Frank said he's good all afternoon. He's got he's got the whole day ready. He's he's got a hundred songs ready. So he he'll just go as long as you want to. But listen, be blessed. Have an incredible week. Thank you so much for being with us. And we can't wait to see you again next week. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have a five for five next Sunday. You don't want to miss it. All right, be blessed, everyone. Such an awesome God, so mighty, so holy, so wonderful. You're such an awesome God, so selfless, so generous, so faithful you are. You call and you call. The sun to rise, and you lay it down to rest. You hold this heart of mine, and you hold my every breath. You're such an awesome God, so Yeah.